You are listening to Seniors Junction Podcast. With me, uh, your hosts today, Dr. Namrata Bagaria and myself, Dr. Paul Merkley, co-founders of Seniors Junction and our special guest today, Emily Johnson, CEO of Stronger You Fitness. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, glad to be here. So first question for you, could you tell us a bit about yourself and about your business and your experience in the industry. Sure, yeah, thank you. So uh, as Paul mentioned, I'm the founder of Stronger You Senior Fitness and we're a fitness education company. Uh, so a bit about my background, I've worked in the chronic disease management sector as well as in senior living. And over the course of my career, uh, fitness has always been something that's continued to be a passion of mine, even though I've worked more in the recreation field over the last six years. And I started to see that fitness was an area of opportunity, especially in senior living, where we had a captive audience, we had older adults who wanted to stay fit, they wanted to stay healthy, but the individuals who are running some senior fitness classes didn't seem to have the education and the resources to run really high quality classes. Uh, so it was out of that need that I decided to create Stronger You Senior Fitness and ultimately bridge that gap to give people the resources to offer really high quality senior fitness classes that were not just good for the body, but good for the brain, good for social connection. Uh, so a really holistic approach to, to senior fitness. Awesome. And, and you, you're able to scale it because it's fitness education, not really one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yes, that's correct. That's a common misconception people have about Stronger You Senior Fitness is they'll come to us and say, hey, can you teach a fitness class at our you know, community or our center? And uh, our focus is really empowering the staff who already work at a senior center or community center uh, to be the in-house experts. So not having to hire people in, uh, especially during COVID, it's harder and harder to, to get people into something like a retirement community from the community. Uh, so to be able to have those individuals already working there be the fitness experts uh, that that's our goal that's an interesting business model and uh good for you to to be making it work I mean, thank you yeah. yeah yeah i was quite inspired by what she was doing the first time i spoke to her so it was a like a while ago when we connected and because it's it's always interesting to see how different people are solving this problem and uh, like in my own experience now that uh, fit, fitness and isolation, there's enough evidence coming out that being active is helpful in preventing COVID complications. It's better for your mental health. And so coming from that perspective, what's your take on what are the pain points in the senior community, especially with relation to isolation? Yeah, absolutely. So isolation, um, I think, was it's been a problem for a long time. And I think with COVID, it's only exacerbated the issue. Um, I, I see it from kind of different perspectives. So when I look at social isolation, where I was mostly working in the senior living industry, I actually didn't see a whole lot of social, social isolation. You know, people would, would talk about, oh, we got to help these seniors get active and get connected. And in the communities that I worked with and worked in, we actually had very vibrant 
were very connected communities. And if we had an individual who was staying in their suite or uh, didn't want to come out, it was our job as, as recreation professionals to get to know them, understand what we could do to help them become more connected. And in some cases, they actually, they like being in their suite. They love reading a book. Uh, you know, there's people out there who just love their solitude and, and that's okay too. And for them being, uh, you know, meaningfully engaged in their life is that we help them by saying, hey, we have a, a coffee and conversation group. Uh, you love to read the newspaper. Would you mind just giving us the clippings uh, of your favorite articles? And then, you know, they, they don't actually come to the coffee and conversation group, but giving them that little task helps them to get engaged. Uh, so that was sort of one thing I was seeing in, in the retirement community sector. And then if I looked out to the, the community sector where people are still living in their own homes, uh, again, when I worked in, in chronic disease management in the community, the participants in that program, they were very connected, very engaged. They came to their fitness program three times a week, mostly because of, of health issues, but then also because it was a community that, that they were a part of and they looked forward to seeing their friends as well as getting this workout. Yeah. Uh, and if we fast forward now to the pandemic, I think the, the area that I'm most concerned about is the community dwelling seniors, because a lot of times they're not visiting their family anymore. They're not able to go down to that community center. So that's where I think the work that Seniors Junction is doing is really important because we need these new virtual experiences where older adults can connect. Uh, and I, you guys are doing a great job with that because it's, it's high quality. It has to be high quality for them to want to, to make that uh, interest in, in getting virtual. That's new for a lot of older adults. Uh, but once they get into it and there's a reason to get into it, I think that's really gonna help uh, with, with bringing this connectedness back. This is marvelous, like what you said. And firstly, thank you for the kind words. It gives a little uh, little happiness uh, because, you know, we just knew and it's always a lot of, lot of uh, time it takes to get the first uh, cohort going and uh, graduating. But, you know, what I really liked about what you said is when you're within the community, it's not as much as isolation that you experience. And this is something that we've been thinking about. Um, because probably we are curious, not because like we, we don't have much knowledge. Is there a difference in the retirement communities where if you're independently living versus you need more assistance or you're in long-term care and are they more isolated and the ones who are on and about themselves less? Is there like a distinction based on ability? Like what is it? Because you see so much in the newspaper and of course it's mixed. They don't clearly delineate who's isolated. Yeah. Um, so what is your experience? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it, it really depends. Uh, like there's a whole spectrum, right? And it could be that, you know, each of us has our own unique perspective. And sometimes we think, you know, our perspective is the way the world is, and it's not always the case. So, you know, I think for the, the organizations and the buildings that I've worked with, and I saw, wow, these are really engaged and connected seniors, you know, that's great. But there's probably another half of the story where we do have communities and organizations where they're not as engaged. Um, part of that, I think, is also in a in a 
retirement community setting could be due to staffing, right? If we think about it, you know, being short staffed or the recreation department, especially during COVID, having to do things like temperature checks or screening at the front door where maybe recreation or social connection, it's like, oh, that's not really that important when, you know, all of us here, we know how important, how crucial that is, you know, maybe as or more crucial than, than that screener of, of people coming in the front door or checking people's temperatures. So I, I think there is definitely a spectrum where we're probably also seeing where people are yeah they, they don't have the mobility to leave their suite on their own and there's not that staff to go help them to get out of the suite um, so you know I, I would guess there is certainly work to be done out there across the whole spectrum it's interesting it's interesting Paul go ahead no no you go ahead you had something no mine no. was just like there's one is the mobility which is a piece which you mentioned and I think there's also a difference in the different kind of cognitive abilities because with virtual programming, right? There's a certain level of cognitive input output or things you gotta do versus when you are in a different uh, stage where suppose you're in their memory care or you're in a mm -hmm. long-term care where it's more on site, like say even if you have a musical event but someone plugs it on and so it's more and that's again needs staffing right so that still needs somebody to go and then plug it on and make sure everybody has it going so i think even that might be creating a digital divide it's pure conjecture at this stage what do you think yeah absolutely and it's and it's tough because it's also the level of awareness too with how to engage someone um you know a lot of people think recreation or you know the things that go on at community centers it's all fun and games but there's a lot of research and science behind what recreation and life enrichment professionals do and being able to recognize a person see them who for who they are and understand what they're interested in uh, you know you could knock on mary's door every single day and say hey mary fitness class fitness class and you know Mary's not interested but you know then you go in and learn about Mary and you know maybe she's she's feeling down or, or even depressed because she feels like she can't do the things that she used to do so if you knock on Mary's door and you go in and say hey Mary uh, you know I, I re remember you used to love going out to to lunch with your friends and I noticed you haven't been doing that as much and trying to get to the root of that and why they're isolating and you know you might find out she she's embarrassed of her walker you know, I hear that all the time. Oh, I don't really want to go out. I'm embarrassed if I walk her. Well, Mary, did you know if we, if you come to fitness class, we can help you feel more confident, stand up a little taller with that walker. And once they kind of get that connection, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I would love to be able to do that. Okay. That makes sense. I'll come to fitness class. Uh, so, you know, I think if, you know, fitness for me, it, it's the key to interacting effectively with our environment, with life. Uh, so if you can have that strength to be able to go out and be socially connected. I feel like yes. all of these things interweave. Uh, like I mentioned, if you if you maybe don't like to exercise, but you like the group you're exercising with, you you like the social component, then it, you know it continues on with the benefit that you're coming for the social, but you're also getting the physical, and everything feeds into one another. You've given us a good part of your vision of addressing these issues. Um, is there something you would add about your philosophy or your way of looking at it? 
Uh, yeah, you know, I think there's so many people who play a role in this, um, you know, like Seniors Junction, offering quality programs for people to engage at home, engage virtually. This, you know, this new virtual world is not going away, that's for sure. Uh, I was talking to an individual yesterday uh, who was saying that, you know, right away pandemic hit, they pivoted to virtual and they found their members really liked virtual. They tried to go back in person for a bit and everyone was like, nope. Um, you know, I want I want to stay virtual. Um, so I think virtual organizations have a role to play in in keeping people connected because uh, not everyone feels comfortable going out to a, a community center or they don't want to live in a retirement community. Uh, so I think virtual will be an important part, creating really high quality virtual experiences. Um, I also think interdisciplinary is going to be big, um, and this is something I'd like to see more is you know, individuals like us who are, who are experts in, in kind of the recreation and fitness fields, we can, you know, scream from the rooftops the quality and the, uh, the importance of what we do, but I think we need other players involved. Uh, I think doctors can play a big role in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now, if you go to the doctors and you go for your checkup, you know, they check your blood pressure, they check your breathing, they have kind of this list they go through. Um, I would love to see a mental health check as part of all of those visits, uh, because part of that, I think, is, you know, what are you doing to stay connected with your community? How are you staying fit? I think these are things that if a, if a doctor who is that trusted professional can start asking those questions and then referring to programs like Seniors Junction or any you know fitness programs in the community, I think all of us as partners can work together to, to better serve older adults. No, it, it, it absolutely makes a lot of sense. And it resonates, it does resonate quite a lot. <laughs> so if this is your vision, which is collaboration, which is basically a whole person care right not just yeah it's an ecosystem basically an individual's ecosystem and then having key influencers like a doctor or a recreation manager influencing mm -hmm. it's sort of persuasion um so in that sense what are the challenges and what are the motivations for helping seniors uh, with isolation and, and and with this kind of a vision of interdisciplinarity persuasion yeah, I think we're on a good road. I think a lot of education needs to continue to happen. <laughs> I'm seeing more and more doctors start to ask, you know, are you exercising? That's good. Um, I, I see not as much asking about like the mental health issue. Like I've never ever gone to the doctors and uh, doctors never asked me, hey, Emily, how are you feeling? You know, are you feeling lonely or if you feeling isolated? And, you know, I, I'm a young individual, so maybe they think everything's fine. You know, I, I smile a lot, but we know that behind someone's smile, you know, you can never tell what's going on on the inside. Um, and so I think that's a, a piece of education with, within the whole system that we need to address is um, that, you know, are you connected? Are you staying fit? And then, yeah, we've got all these other uh, physical indicators as well. Um, I, I think too, it's, it kind of goes to our, our systemic ageism or, or kind of intrinsic ageism where, um, you know, people think that we have to slow down at, at a certain age. And it, a lot of time it's very well-meaning. It's, you know, we'd say grandma and grandpa, oh no, I'll move that for you. Or, oh, you stay sick, grandma, I'll bring the, t the, the food to you. Um, whereas if grandma gets up from her table and walks over and gets her plate and we can help her if she needs help, but doing those little things helps grandma to stay active and stay strong. Um, so I think there's education needed in one area, but there's a whole, 
you know, global change and shift in the way we look at aging and staying independent, uh, that, that needs to happen as well. Yeah, I think also it also has a cultural connotation, right? Um, because like, for example, if you come from a culture where I come from, like South Asian culture, where it's almost like you would not want your grandmother to do certain things. Mind you, my grandmother lived by herself and she did all her things. So yeah, like she never let her, in fact, she would cook and clean and make like mm -hmm. do it for us too. So, um, but by and large, it's an expectation to be treated well, because it's mm -hmm. like, I have paid it forward. So I'm gonna reap what I have paid forward, right? Yeah. And, and when you look at the pandemic, it's very interesting when I see this sort of isolation in India versus in Canada, because right now I'm in my home country for various reasons. Um, what I see is the piece that you mentioned, what is independent and what is connected. It's sort of, it's sort of like you have to help people here in India or Asian cultures like ours to be more independent and versus when you have more people in the uh, western culture to be more connected because they are too independent and they're too proud to even ask or integrate and that's one of the i'm not saying always but that's one of I the totally agree with you differences yeah. uh paul what do you think it's that's that's what i see too <clears throat> that's what i see too i'm also wondering if you have a sense um among the people who are living independently in their homes or, or those in a retirement residence, um, do you feel that there's a difference in risk of isolation for people living by themselves versus people with a spouse or someone who's living with them? Yeah, yeah, this is something where, and I hear all the time actually, like when we had someone move in brand new to retirement community, a lot of times they didn't really want to. They moved in because their their family or they had a fall or like something was outside their control. And, you know, it was like, okay, me and mom, I think it's time you check out this place. And once they, they move in and they live there, they're like, wow, if I would have known it was going to be like this, I probably would have moved in sooner. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it makes me, my heart hurt a little bit because people would so long sometimes to move into a retirement community they're isolated and alone for for years sometimes they're having falls in their own home and the quality of life is just it's really on a downward spiral and sometimes we get really low on that spiral and then that's when the family says okay it's time to move into retirement community and at that point you know unfortunately and this is a little bit blunt but we're, we're so close to the end that you know we're, we're just trying to make them comfortable Whereas when I see someone move in earlier where they're like, you know what, I think I just want to downsize and I don't want to cook or clean anymore. They move in and they're so active. They, they have that physical strength and they still have that intellectual capacity to now go exercise every single morning, go to book club in the afternoon, head out on the bus to the trips, you know, pre-COVID, pre um, you know, go to the evening entertainment, get dressed up, have, have lunch with your friends. Like, I think there's this like wanting to hold on to your home and like it's a badge of honor like i just want to live at home i want to live independent um, but i think there's a big difference between living in your own home and living independently and i see sometimes someone and someone let's say they've, they've come down halfway through the spiral they move in and they start taking all these exercise classes. They start getting engaged with friends and having almost a new lease on life. And their family 
sees them a month later and is like, mom, you're like a whole different person. Like, you know, you were slow and you were, you know, tired. And like, now I can't even get you on the phone because you're just so busy. You're so connected. So I think I, I worry more about the people who are like holding on to that. I want to live in my own home, just kind of arbitrarily. Um, sometimes it's, I want to live in my own home because I like to cook. I like to garden. They have a great quality of life, you know, so those individuals I'm not as worried about, but I worry about the people who want to stay in their own home just for the sake of staying in their own home, thinking that that's the best quality of life they can have when there could be something better out there for them. And do you see a big difference between men, <clears throat> men and women? That's a good question. Uh, you know, we don't tend, the, the female population in retirement communities does tend to be larger. Um, uh, so it's, in, well, part of it I think is women live longer than men. And like I said, if, if you're waiting a long time, I think sometimes the men don't get an opportunity to, to move in. So sometimes we see that, you know, the, the woman's lost her spouse and then she's moving into retirement community. Um, but we usually have a, a great group of core men who, who are engaged. Uh, they become like the ladies man of the building and, you know, they love it or, you know, they connect with their, their fellow men uh, in the community. Um, so, yeah, it, there, there is some gender differences. Uh, a lot more females tend to uh, connect. But again, I think that comes back to that recreation professional or whoever it is uh, to check in with them, find out what's meaningful to them and then help them connect in that. That meaningful way what, what advice would you have for a new company like us yeah you know I, I think you guys are doing a great job already i think one thing that you guys really have going for you and i, I said this to nam is is quality programming it has to be high quality um again i think this is kind of that misconception of aging is that like oh it's almost like a second i hate when people say this it's one of my pet peeves like it's like a second childhood or a second infancy um and and i always say like if you get to know an older adult they're just a person their brain you know unless there's some dementia happening and things like that but the brain they have in their head is the same brain they had when they were 20 you know the same personality they had when they were 50. they have all this life experience they've seen so many incredible things they're interested in whatever they're interested in and they want to continue to engage in those things in a really meaningful high quality way uh so i, th I think that's really key is continuing down that path you guys are on of, of that high quality programming because uh, that's what older adults want. They don't want to go to a senior center that's just, uh, you know, things to fill up time. I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of organizations make is they just want to offer something to fill time when you need to really offer something that's of high quality. Yeah. Um, I, I think getting the older adults as well, uh, really a, a part of it. So having them to suggest the uh, topics and the, the programming, uh, that that's really big as well, giving them uh, ownership of, of the community as well too. Thank you. Yeah, I think these are some of, some of the things we're already seeing uh, mm -hmm. with our, so I would say in the first cohort, whoever's um, attending, they're not, just, they're not just people coming. Some of them have become, uh, you know, uh, community leaders with us who are helping us engage with other seniors, right? So the champions mm -hmm. in their own right, uh, you know, and they're helping us with feedback. Sometimes, you know, if they don't, they like something more, they like something less. And although Paul's teaching history of Renaissance and Renaissance music, uh, we've also moved on to like questions about, okay, can you just explain 
what is this Holy Roman Empire? Like, where did it come from? So there's questions we never thought, Paul never thought. And for me, it's basically crash course on, you know, uh, another culture because I grew up in another culture. So, you know, I'm learning a lot about the Western culture and the history and why something important. But I think what I really liked about what you said, there were a couple of things. Uh, uh, the first part, I'm just going to go a little back with what you said about, is your doctor asking? And my doctor does ask me every time that I visit, and that's at my university's doctor. She asks me that's to awesome. talk to. And it's probably because I'm a newcomer to Canada. So probably they have a protocol for asking people like me such questions, you know, the, because it works on a protocol. But she, she always asks me, what do you do? What do you do? So now I have more respect because I thought, well, if that's what you get, I thought that's normal for doctors in Canada to ask you that question. So for me, it was yeah. how she asked me this question. Uh, so that's the first part. The second part you've mentioned about uh, why didn't I move here before? So early earlier, I think in October, October last year, when we were just getting started with the idea that we might want to go in this business, I visited one of the properties. And that time, the restrictions were such that you could visit from the outside with all everything, shield, mask, gloves, whatever. I honestly felt, can I, I was like, can I move in here, please? Because I've worked two jobs. I'm so tired the whole day. Somebody cooking for me and like having these activities. It's great. Like I would myself like to live in a gated community, which is safe because it's easier for me to get my work done more efficiently. Yeah. My husband and I cannot wait. <laughs> we're always looking at the newest buildings we say they should have this same sort of thing for you know all ages yeah. uh, just adopt that retirement community model we have everyone. that in india see that's the thing we have okay. i live in a gated community we have a recreation center we have neighborhood activities so that's what i'm saying right very cool so i'm used to that for all ages you know, so it's intergenerational. You'll see like, you know, kids and grandparents, everybody comes. So for me, what's interesting is that it's a special thing only for a few people in Canada. And in my head, I was like, why can't I have access to that? You know, so that's one part. But I think coming to your third part, which you talked about, you know, that uh, if you want to focus on high quality programming and not just filling time. And what our study observation is, so, so again, as many seniors, like one of our one of our guests, not our guests, but one of our friends had told us, right? The the as many seniors, the as many youths, the in terms of personality variation. So if you think saying youth programming, you can get away with doing youth programming, is the same thing saying senior programming, you can get away with senior programming. Now there are many people who like to play bingo or or, or bridge and things like that, but not mm -hmm. everybody wants to play bingo, right? I mean. Yeah. So there's a lot of cliche programming that you see in a lot of uh, centers. Sometimes they don't even have the budget, they don't have the expertise, and they don't even, or maybe it's in a population where the anyway is not engaged, you know? So I think your comment repeatedly on high quality programming really is a very good uh, validation for us that the hypothesis which we started off from that, uh, you know, we can't, we can't just give you a thing to do you have to it's almost like having any a purpose to it like you have to we are helping you find something that you can connect with to with within and outside of you like you know so we keep it eight weeks long and and those kind of things it's the same thing with fitness right it's like you can go to the activity class or you're bought in intrinsically that i want to do this 
and mm-hmm. that shift takes a while but it also takes a setting you know yeah. uh, if i give you the environment or the tools you will be more uh, easily bought in on yeah i need to exercise every day or whatever mm-hmm. so i think a lot of what you said it's just so firstly you smile so beautifully and that's something like so exciting for me the ones who can, who are listening to the podcast i'm sorry watch the youtube but this is so interesting for me to see have like a guest who's like really energetic and active <laughs> and you're not the only ones who are doing that so that's good um yeah but thank you thank you so much and so if people want to know more about your organization uh, can you tell us your coordinates Yeah, so they can visit uh, Stronger You. So it's stronger with the letter U, uh, seniorfitness.com, and they can learn all about our mission, what we're doing, um, and uh, look for classes. If, if they're older adults looking for senior fitness classes, we do have those listed on our website. But uh, as I kind of mentioned in the beginning, we are an education company first and foremost. So uh, specifically, if there's individuals or organizations listening today and, and they want to uh, bring more high quality fitness uh, not just the fitness component but all really yeah. components of of wellness and being holistically healthy uh, then yeah definitely check out strongerusenior.fitness.com uh, as well as linkedin and facebook you can find us on on all the social media channels thank you thank you so much emily thank you very much thank you for having me mm-hmm.